We're live. <sighs> Hi, ma'am. How you doing today? Oh, I'm, I'm fantastic. How are you? You look very official. Where, where are you, what are you doing here? Oh, that's right. I'm with the government. Oh, wow. Very nice to meet you. Great to meet you. Hey, uh, I noticed your uh, your crack pipe looked a little dirty there. Would I, you like a I, brand new one for I, free? You would give me one for free? Uh, oh, a yeah. new one? Yeah, and we're actually prioritizing uh, people of color and minorities. I'm very high right now, but let me get this straight. The government wants to give me a clean crack pipe to smoke out. Not that I smoke crack, but if I did, you'd give me a clean one? That is correct. Absolutely. I mean, I don't, I promise I don't smoke crack. I've never even heard oh, of it. Oh, we her. don't really care. Never met her. I just want to make sure you have a clean one. I'll take it just to see it. Just to, just to see it. <laughs> All right, here you go. Happy smoking. Thank you, Daddy Government. I really appreciate it. Guys, welcome to <laughs> Will and Amala live. Uh, we made up that skit two minutes before going live, so uh, it's and it's surprisingly accurate. Uh, but before we get into the stories of government-subsidized crack pipes... <laughs> it's just funny to say. It is really... I, so it's, absurd. It is so absurd that these words are coming out of my mouth. But we'll we'll get to that story. But first, you guys have missed Will. He's been in Europe. You haven't seen him on the show as often. I think he's only been on the show a couple of times. But today, Will has given you an update from Amsterdam. Here's that video for you guys. Hello. That's uh, Dutch for hello in, in, in America. So giving you guys a little fun fact. I am here in Amsterdam right now. I have about three days left on my trip. After I finish up here in Amsterdam, I'm going to St. Louis and doing a Blexit event with Candace Owens, which is going to be a great time. And I just wanted to come for the show, give you guys a little update on what I've been doing. I got back from Monaco, uh, Monte Carlo in Monaco a couple of days ago, uh, back here to Netherlands, was in Romania before that, before that was in Budapest, and before that I flew into Amsterdam. And so a couple things that I wanted to talk about here with you guys. Firstly, uh, I did a real uh, that we posted on Instagram in Romania, talking about this Che Guevara cafe. And you guys have been following me on social media. You see that I've been all over Europe and all this kind of stuff. And so I'm getting so many people coming and saying, Will, you you lied. You, how could you get into, into Europe without being vaccinated? You can't go into Europe without being vaccinated. It's the only way. And so I can understand why people would say that. But if you go onto the Dutch website, you're going to see very clearly that there are exemptions to fly into the Netherlands being unvaccinated. And so I got one of those exemptions. I got a work permit to come out to the Netherlands to work, which is what I've been doing. I went and I gave a speech in Hungary. I've done a lot of radio interviews, all sorts of stuff. Did a speech in Romania along with other interviews. It's been a, a lot of work despite me somewhat being on vacation. I've still done a lot of work as well. So I got this highly skilled migrant work permit, essentially. That is the exemption that has got me into Europe so that I didn't have to be vaccinated, okay? And then secondly, people are asking, well, once you're in Europe, you know, how are you going to all around these other countries? If you got if you got the work permit for the Netherlands, how did you go to Romania or Hungary or France or Monte Carlo or, or uh, wherever it is? And the only way that you can get into those other countries is with negative tests. When in Europe, they call it the green pass, right? The, the green pass. And so then when you have the green pass, you can go and travel to all these places. And so as an American, I could have had a vaccination record, I could have had a negative test or a recovery certificate. I didn't have any of the other two, so I only had the negative test. So basically, I've had one of those things, those cotton swabs stuck up my nose every single day for the past two weeks. It's been terrible to have to do, but it's been worth it to be able to go around all over to see Europe and all these different things and, and, and report it back to you guys. Secondly, one thing, this is, this is what I, I'm going to make something about on Instagram and post this around and, and talk about this a little bit more, but that we're, when we're in America, when I'm in Los Angeles, right, and I have to go into a restaurant or to the grocery store or a hardware store, whatever it is, there is a mandate that says I have to wear a mask. There is a vaccine passport requirement that is also a mandate. But here, in many of the countries in Europe, these are not mandates, these are laws. In Monaco, when we were walking around going uh, to this, this castle and to the Palais du Prince, that's horrible French, I understand. But we we're going and doing all these things. It is required by law for you to wear your mask outside. Okay, so there are police officers who are stationed all across the country, all across the city, looking at people and telling you to put on your mask outside. Now, you know, we still 
obviously didn't do it really. I'm not gonna, I'm just think I'm gonna wear my mask outside. You, have, you got another thing coming, you gotta be kidding me. But everywhere we go and we saw police officers, they would ask us to put our mask on outside. It is actually required by law. In America, because under the emergency youth authorization, you have the right to refuse. It is right there in the US code. It says that you have the right to refuse one of these things. Whereas here in Europe, in many of these European countries, you do not have that right. You do not have the right to refuse. This thing is a law. It is a law for you to wear your mask outside. When we went to a hotel in Romania, we had to have negative tests to check into the hotel. To check into the hotel in Monaco, we had to have negative tests. All these different types of laws that are there put in place that you do not have in America. So, you know, it, it seems like in America, when we're talking about all these mandates and restrictions and all this kind of stuff, it's really bad. And of course it is really bad. There shouldn't be a mandate whatsoever regardless, but just be glad that you live in America where these things are not laws, where you will not be automatically fined for not wearing a mask or not having a vaccine or a green certificate or a recovery pass for going out in any of these places. It's a lot different than it is in the United States. And I think that a lot of the times in America, we take it for granted. I think that, you know, this, this trip for the last two weeks, I've been all over Europe, all over different countries in all the different airports, Germany, France, uh, Romania, almost got stopped by Romanian border control as well. Uh, Hungary, Amsterdam, all over the place, right? I've been all over and uh, I've learned so much of just of how these places work, how they're different than America and the restrictions that they have. And I can tell you this as someone who has dealt with Los Angeles, New York, Chicago, all the worst leftist places, it is much worse here in Europe. Sorry to say that. It, it is much worse here in Europe for the restrictions and, and the COVID stuff than it is in America at all. Even in the worst places in America, it is worse here in Europe. So just thinking about that, don't take these types of freedoms that we have in America for granted. I know that now that I've been on this trip, I am not going to, and I'm going to continue to fight and continue to do the things that I do to make sure that we don't turn into somewhere like Romania or Monaco or France, where they have these types of restrictions and laws. I'm going to do everything in my power to keep fighting. So with that being said, guys, I'll be back uh, next Monday on the show. Finally, be back. I'll probably be horribly jet lagged, I'm sure. Uh, the first week, or maybe first, what, four days? Four days being here in Europe was terrible for me. I felt awful with the jet lag. It's a nine hour difference from Los Angeles to Amsterdam, and I was exhausted. I wasn't really eating. Uh, it just wasn't good. It just wasn't good whatsoever. But now I feel fine. Now I'm back on, on the right schedule, but I know as soon as I leave, I'm going to feel terrible again when I get back. But we'll be there for the show next Monday, and. Can't wait to be back with all you guys. Um, I miss America, but I've had a wonderful time here regardless. Europe is a great place. I've had a really good time, especially here in Amsterdam with, with my girlfriend Ava and, and all the fun stuff we've done and everything. She's, she's not ready, so she doesn't want to come be on camera. But eventually, you guys, you'll see her. You'll see some pictures or something on my, on my social media. But anyway, guys, we're going to wrap it up here, and I'll see you next week. All right, peace. All right. There's your update from the one and only William Witt. Like you said, he's going to be back Monday for you guys. So we're excited to have the gang back together. Looking forward to it. And I hope you guys are looking forward to that as well. Now, let's get into some other stories today. And let me just give you an overview of the things we're going to go over to go over. The World Economic Forum put out a video on critical race theory, which is exceptionally insane. And we'll get into why uh, we've been having fact checks pop up about this current administration, uh, you know, subsidizing crack pipes for people, <laughs> which we will talk about. <laughs> uh, we're also going to be talking about Adele being slammed on the Internet for going to a gender, gender neutral award show and saying that she loves being a woman. Plus, we have Trevor Noah's commentary on Joe Rogan. Prince Harry saying that he takes 30 to 45 minutes a day uh, to sort of settle himself and get away from the feeling of burnout. We have Jim Jones, uh, who's a rapper who had bad customer service at Gucci and is crying racism currently. And we have the Super Bowl snack tier list which you guys suggested on the stream on the will and amla live channel we took your suggestions in the comments which if you're not subscribed go subscribe to will and amla live on youtube and we're going to be doing a super bowl snack tier list so you guys know what we're going to be eating during the super bowl <laughs> very important. it's very very important you know you got to keep things light while while all of this stuff is happening in the background now let's get into this critical race theory video 
from the World Economic Forum. I should preface this by saying if you're not familiar with the World Economic Forum, I would take a moment to go and look it up, not during the show, but after, and and see what they're all about. a lot of people are speculating that the World Economic Forum is greatly centered around the Great Reset. It's not really speculative. They're very open about the fact that they believe in a Great Reset, which is really uh, this entire restructuring of the world and our economy through a globalist lens. And I, I can't get too deep into it. We could probably spend the, an entire show, an entire week of shows talking about the World Economic Forum, uh, Klaus Schwab, what the Great Reset is, uh, and and how all these different governments across the world are, are playing a role in this and meeting together to discuss it. But let's talk about their view on critical race theory first. Let's watch this video. What is critical race theory and why is it so controversial? Supporters of CRT say it's a way to understand and tackle racial inequality. However, opponents say CRT does the opposite. So what is CRT? The theory was first developed by U.S. legal scholars in 1980s. It argues that the laws, rules, and regulations that govern society today have been shaped by the historical subordination of people of color, and that this is a driving force behind racial inequality today. Take the U.S. criminal justice system, for example. While everyone is seen as equal under the law, black Americans are imprisoned at five times the rate of white people. CRT says this disparity is a legacy of America's racist past. Opponents argue that this paints all white people as bigots. But to supporters of CRT, this misses the point. They say a system doesn't need racists working within it to produce racially imbalanced outcomes. Law professor Mari Matsuda was uh, an early developer on this. She says the problem is not bad people, but a system that produces bad outcomes. CRT is usually taught at the graduate level, but 14 U.S. states have banned CRT from their classrooms, while lawmakers in 16 more states hope to follow suit. Supporters of CRT argue it's a lens through which to view racial inequality today. Most importantly, it recognizes that racism is not a relic of the past, and that by understanding its underlying causes, we can start to build a more just society. What do you think about CRT? I'm so glad that they set us up for uh, that. Let's, there's so much stated in this video that I think we need to go and break down. CRT, yes, is a legal theory that was developed in the 1980s. Uh, I want to think of some of the major names behind this. Uh, Jean Sablajic, uh, Derek Bell, Kimberly Crenshaw, I believe she's more of a she's more of a modern day critical race theorist. Uh, who else? Richard Delgado is a name that you can look up if you want to look up some of the early sort of maybe we'll call them fundamentalist critical race theorists or, or critical race purists uh, as far as the theory goes. But yes, it was a law theory developed that says that we should look at American laws and legislation through the lens of race because racism is sort of baked into these laws being created and the systems and institutions in this country. Now, there's more to critical race theory than just that. There are several tenets of critical race theory that you can go and look into. Tenants like meritocracy being an extension of white supremacy, which is utterly ridiculous, or whiteness being used as property, or the idea of intersectionality, that we have multiple identities that are sort of intertwined, which I somewhat agree with, and race being a social construct, another thing that I completely agree with. Uh, But most of the tenets of critical race theory are completely unfounded and go to promote what I would call a racist narrative. Uh, another tenet of critical race theory is that colorblindness is actually a harmful view to have, that we shouldn't be focused on race neutrality, but actually racial, racially forward thinking, where we put race as a priority in the way that we look at the world. So yes, critical race theory is probably not the best way to view uh, specifically America, a country built on the idea that people of all races, religions, and creeds can live in this country together under united values. Now, they will paint this as if critical race theory is not being taught in schools. You can see that in sort of the subtext of this video here, but it very much is. What is happening is that this legal theory that has now become very commonplace and people have been talking about has been distilled down to a level uh, of, of K through 12 learning so that these young children can start to get the baseline of what critical race theory is. And then they build upon that. That's why we're seeing young kids in schools being separated into affinity groups based on race where they can have discussions about race. We have kids ranking 
ranking themselves based on power and privilege in school. We have conversations about whiteness and how whiteness comes with inherent bias. We have schools that are lowering academic standards for all students because they think that Uh, People of color are disproportionately affected by these things. And that plays off of what I just said, meritocracy being an extension of white supremacy, according to critical race theory. So it's quite obvious that this is being taught in our schools. Yeah, it's obvious that it's being taught in our schools. And it's also obvious that this is essentially a a different spin on Marxism. It's race Marxism. And and, uh, James Lindsay talks about this. uh, And I I think it's really helpful to think of it in these terms that uh, back in the OG Marxism, it was all about economic class, workers of the world unite. And all of the unrest that workers were experiencing was what these early Marxists were trying to tap into in order to do what? In order to usher in a communist revolution. Nowadays, the critical race theorists early on saw that um, and looked at, they saw the failure of of that early form of communism of the, with trying to reunite the workers, and then they looked at what was going on in, in the world in the 1960s with all of the racial turmoil mm-hmm. in, the, uh, in the civil rights movement and such, and they were like, oh, here's another group that we can agitate and cause division with and create enough unrest in order to usher in that's the same type of revolution toward, yep. a, toward a utopia. And even in this video, it talks about how we can make a more just world. Um, and that's what proponents of critical race theory say. And you talked about this a little on the show yesterday, but it's like, if you ask these people, where is it going? They, they can speak in very like abstract terms about equity and and, and, and things mm-hmm. like that, but there's never any clear uh, clear vision of, of what type of society that they're trying to build other than it's just this uh, utopia and, right. and and it's Marxist. It is. It is. I'm trying to think of other points in this video that we can go through and debunk. They talked about uh, the the criminal justice system here in America and, and saying that uh, black people are far time, five times more likely, I believe. Let me find the actual stat they give. Yeah, black Americans are imprisoned at five times the rate of white people. What this fails to take into account, again, and and whenever we have these discussions about policing or sentencing or uh, the likelihood of being imprisoned, we never take into account, number one, the, the major thing, class. Class is something that we should definitely be talking about when it comes to this. People of lower socioeconomic status are far more likely to be imprisoned, far more likely to have higher sentencing, far more likely to have run-ins with with police officers. That's one thing that we should be discussing. Also, the rate of criminality within these different populations. Uh, the, The black population here in America, unfortunately, has quite a high rate of criminality. And it's not the entire black population. A lot of you will hear that stat about 1350, 13% of the population, 50% of the homicides. A lot of people throw that out. And I, in the past, uh, arguing this, I have used that statistic. But really, when we look at it, it's not 1350. It's about 2650. It's uh, particularly the young black male population that is has a quite high rate of criminality, but also a high rate of being on the lower end of the socioeconomic status ladder. So these are things that we should be discussing. And because we are so quick to jump to the word racism, we leave out the actual discussions we should be having about class, about having two parents, about whether or not you have a quality education, whether or not you have access to resources where you live. Uh, Geography is such a massive part of this discussion as well. And by talking about race and making that the only thing that we focus on, we completely lose lose our way in talking about these issues because that's all you're going to ever talk about. And obviously nothing that the political left has done uh, to combat racism, as they say, has been successful in changing the outcomes. And this has been a discussion we've been having for decades. So if the discussion has been focused on race for decades and you are trying to move the needle here and they have been moving the needle, we've seen how extreme it's gotten yet these disparities are not being cleared up. Nothing is changing. Uh, Black people are still disparately impacted by these things. Clearly we're having the wrong discussion. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what happened. Technological difficulties here at Will and Amla Live. If you've been with us since the beginning, you know we are no stranger to uh, technological difficulties. <laughs> but we've we've had a pretty good pretty good run. I should put up a board that says, you know, one day without <laughs> a technological yeah. day issue. Major accident. Right, right, right. And we will keep you guys posted on that. Let's get back into stories here since we are now pressed for time. We've got thirty minutes left on the stream here today. Uh, let's talk about. Whether or not the government is going to be paying for you to have crack pipes. <laughs> I can't. I don't know how many times I have to say this, but okay. It's been speculated and it's 
pretty pretty clear at this point. Um, the HHS, which is in, in charge of different health uh, endeavors here in the United States, has put out a, a recent plan that involves giving safe smoking kits and supplies to people who are drug addicts. Now, for those of you who don't know, a crack pipe would be a smoking kit or supply that you would use if you were a drug addict. Uh, This is very reminiscent of different plans, uh, many of which are active here in California, of giving people clean needles for heroin use uh, and, and making sure that if people are going to be doing drugs, that they are doing so in the safest possible manner. Here's evidence here. Uh, this tweet here, uh, the HHS, where it's highlighted safe smoking kits and supplies. Now, of course, the Internet and uh, people involved in politics at large are up in arms about this. How could our taxpayer money be going towards people being able to do drugs? Is that really a priority that we want to put on a list? And the specific issue that many are taking with this is that this program is communicated to people as a program meant to go towards racial justice and equity. What does that mean? That much of this uh, money is being used towards what they call underserved communities, which would be low income communities. Low income communities happen to be communities of color. So a lot of this is going to be funding crack pipes in lower income communities. And we know what that means. So, of course, people have been talking about this uh, up in arms. They've been tweeting about it and, and calling out the HHS, calling out this current administration, calling out the government. And Of course, Snopes comes out and puts a fact check on this. And here's the fact check. At at the top, it says mostly false with a big red X. And, And let's read further. What is mostly false? What's true? In 2022, a U.S. Department of Health and Human Services substance abuse harm reduction grant did require recipients to provide safer smoking kits to existing drug users in distributing grants priority would be given to applicants serving historically underserved communities so this is saying we did give out safe safer cleaner crack pipes to people who were addicted to drugs and we did so in historically underserved communities and by that they mean communities of color with lower income now what's false Here's what they write for what's false. This was just one of around 20 components of the grant program and far from its most prominent and important one. Okay, so you're admitting that it's part of the grant. You're admitting that's exactly what they're doing. Uh, but your your only argument here is that it's not prominent. So really, you, you fact check nothing. You've said, quote, Everything that you're saying is true, and this is part of this program. So how is it that we get this fact check that says what's true and what's false? And this fact check communicates to us that what we're saying is correct and what we're saying is true. And then Snope says mostly false. (laughs) And it, it really is a disservice and a manipulation of people who are going to read the headline on this and say, is the government funding crack pipes for drug abusers? And then they're going to see that big red X and see the two words mostly false. And they're not going to read past that. Uh, so not only is it is it a disservice to those people, but it's sad that that's the state that we're in right now, that most people are going to look at the top section of this and go, oh, well, it's mostly false. It's just the bigots at it again. It's just those mean-spirited uh, cuckoo conservatives coming after us and saying, how dare they, when, when really none of that's happening. Uh, and it's ridiculous that they can get away with this. It's a bold strategy to, <laughs> to literally say, here's the claim we're fact-checking. Big red X, not true. And then explain how it is true. Right. But yet double down on the fact that it's not. It reminds me of, uh, what was it a couple of years ago, the, the alternative facts uh, narrative? Oh, right, right, right. We have alternative facts from what was given here. And you need to look at the alternatives. It's very reminiscent of uh, of Brian Stelter. And, and not, not all opinions are formed equally. Uh, so this sort of rhetoric is not new to the media landscape, certainly. And certainly not new to fact checkers when most of these people are just putting out their opinions. That's exactly what it is, yet yet are called fact checkers. We saw the same story with Facebook, how Facebook's fact checkers, quote fact checkers, were just independent people who were clearly promoting their own political biases uh, in their fact checks. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. Be honest about what you're doing. If it's such a great endeavor, if it's going to be so helpful to underserved communities, mm, let's be honest about that. You felt the need to put it in your in your 20 point grant. So let's talk about why we should be giving crack pipes and clean needles to people who are drug addicted and talk about how 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 well that has worked here in the state of California. Yeah, if they 
if they, if it were actually about the policies and actually about the truth of the matter, then de- yeah, you're, that's a great point. Defend the policies themselves yes. and break down why this is actually a good idea. Don't make a fact check that don't try to create a smoke screen saying that what is true is false. That's yes. literally just lying. Exactly. And there and there probably is a discussion to be had about uh, what what forms of drug legalization work and, and how these programs uh, find success or how these programs fail. But if we're just going to lie and say, no, we're not we're not even doing this. This is not something that we've put forth uh, and say this is mostly false while in the in the paragraphs talking about how true it is. We're, we're not going to have the discussion. And that's what we need is the discussion. Do these things work? And, and if so. Let's have that. Let's have that discussion. But clearly you have you have an agenda to hide this. Uh, And why would that be? I'll leave that question to you all. Next story here. Adele slammed for telling a gender neutral award show that she loves being a woman. She's now being accused of transphobia for this. So uh, Tuesday night, Adele attended the Brit Awards. And she collected a prize for Artist of the Year. We all know Adele. She's brilliant. She's a great writer. She's a great performer. She has a a phenomenal voice. Uh, Now, it was a newly created category, I guess, uh, for the Best Male and Best Female Artist Awards. So she wins this award. And she says, I understand why the name of this award has changed, but I really love being a woman and being a female artist. I do. And she said this to huge cheers. I'm really proud of this. I really, really am. But now she's getting accused of being transphobic. It's just so amazing that you can no longer acknowledge what is your own biological reality. And it's not like she infringed upon anybody's rights or stepped on anybody, anybody's toes by walking up and saying, you know what? I acknowledge why you would want something like this because you believe that gender isn't binary and that people can be whatever they want to be and she's made no statement otherwise all she said was but i love being a woman and you know what i stand with adele i too love being a woman (laughs) and And i love being a man (laughs) there you go and taylor loves being a man and how that can somehow be a controversial thing to say is so beyond me why If you want so badly to be validated in your identity and who you believe you are, would you then attack somebody who wants to feel validated in the way that she feels and the way that she is, which is a biological woman? Answer that because it's it's a street that is not going both ways here. And it's very similar to the video we we talked about yesterday of uh, a young man, I believe, saying, if you don't want to date trans women, you're a transphobe. No. If you want so badly to affirm, uh, to, for other people to affirm how you feel, affirm how others feel. And they feel like they want to date biological women. And Adele acknowledges that she is a biological woman and she loves that about herself. So leave her be. But now she's being called a transphobe who's using her platform to call for the destruction <laughs> of the trans community. I thought of that video yesterday too. The, the, to to say I'm straight, don't want to date trans people, that makes you transphobic. Mm-hmm. It's like the entire category of straightness is just basically shut up. You're never acknowledge that that is even a thing unless you're just going to, I don't know, be an ally or whatever. And this is the same the same thing's becoming true of womanhood. Yes, they're they're basically erasing the entire category of womanhood, and oh, you know, just shut up and let the trans women uh, win all of your competitions, and just just watch it happen and applaud. And don't don't you dare say that you love being a woman or that you love being a straight woman. God forbid. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it's like the mirror image of intersectionality. You're 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 a worse person the more of these opposite categories that they don't like you check. And yeah. speaking saying anything. Um, to say that they're normal or good or anything like that is just unacceptable. It is. Uh, it's it's disgusting. In fact, <laughs> I don't know how it gets. You know, I, I tweeted out the other day. If you support cancel culture right now, just know that it is coming for you, and you will be next. Because if you are watching what is offensive now, it's far different from what was offensive even two years ago, let alone five or ten. And I cannot wait to see what the moral and ethical musings of our children and grandchildren are, because if it's anything like the track that we're on right now, it is going to be ridiculous and it will be coming for you. Every single leftist and and, uh, radical who is supporting the cancellation or, or is calling Adele a transphobe for saying that she loves being a woman. Oh, honey, I cannot wait 
to see what comes for you because we are going to far surpass saying woman as an offensive term. There's going to be so much more that comes out of this. And, and what is going to be offensive in 10 years? I have no idea, but I'm very curious to see. Very curious. American person. So what, are, what are all the songs that we should replace the word woman with now? Because apparently that's unacceptable. Oh my gosh. Witchy there's a million. person. Witch- <laughs> Man, I feel like a person. Oh my. It, you make me feel like a natural person. There you go. Oh, there's so many. Maybe we'll do a, a game out of that on Fun Friday or something like that. We will try to gender neutralize <laughs> songs and movies. Pretty person. <laughs> it's just ridiculous the hoops that we're going to have to jump through. Now, let's move to someone else who is in the process of uh, what has been what I would call an extended cancellation, and that is Joe Rogan. But they're being unsuccessful. It's very unsuccessful because people by and large, are standing by Joe Rogan. His fans are standing by his side. We are standing by his side and supporting him. But most recently, in the political attack, the onslaught that he's been going through, is an old video resurfacing of Joe Rogan saying something that I will admit is in very, very poor taste. Is that who Joe Rogan is now? Clearly not. So uh, somebody who's come out to bat to discuss this is The Daily Show's Trevor Noah. And here's his comment on Joe Rogan. Even though Rogan apologized, um, this was strange. A lot of people were arguing sort of against his apology, saying that the N-word with context is totally fine for a white person to say. Yeah, you know? And I, I, I understand what they're saying. Like, you know, maybe you're a professor teaching history. Maybe you're a news anchor reporting on a story about Joe Rogan. Maybe you're in a Quentin Tarantino movie and you have to use the N-word, because if you don't, then the movie has no dialogue. But, but, for the most part, as a white person, you never need to use the N-word. There's no, like, need. For example, I've gone this entire story saying the N-word, and everyone has understood exactly what I've meant, right? Nobody's sitting at home going, Nutella? Neanderthal? Nelly Furtado? Why is Trevor being so vague? What is the word? In fact, here's a a life hack for white people. Saying the actual N-word puts you in unnecessary trouble, especially if you're not racist. Pause. Uh, the only reason it does that is because we've had uh, a racialized view of language that says that certain races can say a word and certain races can't. Let's be consistent here. If you're going to say that black people can say the N-word, you better be consistent across all races because uh, while we're listening to rappers who say the N-word 30 times, 40 times, 50 times a song and cheering that on and talking about how great that is, a white person says it while quoting someone else, and I want to be clear about when, when Joe Rogan said the N-word, quoting someone else, <laughs> and even if he said it without quoting someone else, where's the consistency there? Because all of a sudden we're up in arms because his skin tone looks a little different than the person who, who says it next. So let's be consistent. Uh, connotation is also really important. Why was the word being said? Was it being said to actually say something racist? Now, I want to talk about other comments that came out of Joe Rogan uh, in his prior appearances. Uh, A comment was made, I believe, while Joe Rogan was going to watch a movie at a predominantly black area. And he said, maybe I should just find it. Maybe I should just find the clip so you guys can listen to exactly what Joe said. Uh, Because it's not, you know, it's it's not a shining moment. Here it is. Joke when he said it. We walk into Planet of the Apes. <laughs> we walked into Africa, dude. We, we, we walked in the door, and there was no white people. There was no white people. We, Planet of the Apes didn't take place in Africa. That was a racist thing for me to say. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's really no getting around that saying you walked into a place that was predominantly black and you walked into the planet of the apes and you walked into Africa. Not something that I would say. I would believe that that is a statement made in extremely poor taste. Now, have I made statements in poor taste at at a younger age? Absolutely, I have. Is that by any means who I am today? No. And that's the issue with the cancel culture and all of this discussion is that there's no room for nuance and there's no room for actual progress, even though progressives are the people who claim to be pushing cancel culture. Because if we are consigned to who we were five years ago or 10 years ago or a tweet that we put out two years ago, 
where's the progress there you have to look at what people have said and compare it to who they are today and it is so abundantly clear that joe rogan is some is not a racist and that statement made in that video is a statement that joe rogan would not make today so look at whether or not the person has progressed and whether or not they're different before we go being all up in arms about what they've said and and secondly it just does not make sense to hold somebody to the standard of, of who they were you have to take that into account you really do and this just whole this whole commentary here on on trevor noah's part lacks so much nuance and i want to bring up these two tweets as well here's trevor noah uh talking about himself previously in 2015 to reduce my views to a handful of jokes that didn't land is not a true reflection of my character, nor my evolution as a comedian. So it seems like in 2015, Trevor Noah had a great grasp on what it meant to look at progress and to not hold somebody to who they were years prior or jokes that they made years prior when it's very clear that Joe Rogan was making a joke in this video segment. But now... The Daily Show says when Joe Rogan says I wasn't being a racist, I was just being entertaining. No, Joe, I think you were using racism to try to be entertaining. Trevor unpacks Rogan's N-word and Planet of the Apes apologies. And it's so interesting that we we tend to give ourselves so much more grace than we give other people. And that's something that we should always be cognizant of. And that's clearly something that Trevor is not cognizant of, because in 2015, he gave himself so much grace for jokes that he had made prior. But in 2022, gives Joe Rogan no grace, even when Joe Rogan has gone to bat for Trevor Noah in the past, when Trevor Noah was under controversy for comments and jokes that he had made. Uh, Joe Rogan came out and said, Noah's a super funny guy. And I and I come and I'm backing and supporting him. So where's the consistency? Yeah, that yeah, you, you being having grace extended to you should not depend on your political position. There should just be an element of a willingness to forgive, a willingness to let people learn in our culture. That is a healthy thing to allow people to grow, to allow people to take responsibility for their mistakes and move on. And the double standard could, I, I, my mind keeps going to what just happened with Whoopi Goldberg on The View and her comments about uh, Jews in the Holocaust and mm -hmm. that, that were pretty unacceptable. And yet there's not this massive effort to cancel Whoopi Goldberg or deplatform her or anything. She kind of got a slap on the wrist from her show, was was banned for a couple of weeks. But um, the the overall attitude, it feels it feels like there's definitely an asymmetry between the outrage because Rogan is somebody who does not reinforce the mainstream narrative and he steps out of bounds um, and he's maybe not just beating the same political drum as everyone else and whoopee kind of is and so it's like if you're saying the right things if you have the right attitudes if you have the right views then you get a free pass if you have the wrong views then this is the evidence that you are irredeemably a horrible person and racist and you should be deplatformed and that's definitely uh hypocritical right they look at somebody and they go they look at somebody like Whoopi or trevor Noah, and they go that person's going to service the narrative in the future and maybe they said something wrong here but they'll toe the line after this and i can put them back in line so that's going to be fine so we'll allow them to get the little slap on the wrist and then they come back but then we look at joe rogan and we know that he goes against the narrative and they know that they're not going to get support from him and they go Okay, let's cancel this guy. And it seems very strategic with Joe. And I said this on this show before. There is step after step of them trying to cancel him. And this has been going on for weeks now. So it's very clear that uh, there is something going on here. And there's been people who've looked into the leaks of these videos of Joe Rogan uh, that are being put out by certain Twitter accounts that are clearly indecent and clearly uh, planned in, in not only uh, timing, but subject matter. So this seems quite like an organized attack against Joe Rogan. And we'll see how things pan out. But I'm, I'm sort of over it. And Joe came out and apologized for the comments, which is something that I disagree with. You should not apologize, especially if it's not who you are today. Do not apologize because what you've done now is you've told everybody that, hey, you can push me around and you can bully me into submission here. And the next person who's whoever the next Joe Rogan is that they want to come after and cancel, they're going to come at their throat even harder because they know what the threshold is. They know, you know, we attacked Joe Rogan for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And finally, we got this video and we came after him even harder and he apologized. So at the next person, they're going to push it even farther and even farther and even farther because they know that it works even with titans in this industry like Joe Rogan. So don't apologize. You really have not done anything wrong and it's not who you are today. So just acknowledge that. 
And that's all you have to do. And it's unfortunate that uh, this has gotten an apology. It is unfortunate. It is. We're going to move on now. We have our Super Bowl snack tier list. But first, guys, we have a new Stories of Us featuring none other than Yanmi Park. We are all big fans of her on this show. She has an amazing, heart-wrenching story that I think you all should see. Here is a short clip of that, and you can watch it by going to PragerU.com, clicking Watch or Browse, and going to our Stories of Us series. In America, I had to be worrying about brainwashing and propaganda. We have a brainwashing going on in this country. My name is Yanmi Park, and this is my story. I was born in North Korea, and I escaped when I was 13 years old. I did have one older sister, and I had two loving parents. But in North Korea, there is no word for love. So my parents never told me that they loved me. The first thing my mom told me as a young girl was, don't even whisper, because the birds and mice could hear you. We never knew who was a spy, how they were watching. When I was eight or nine, my father was arrested by the regime, accused him that. I'm going to pause there. You guys can check out the rest of her video by going to PragerU.com and checking out Stories of Us. I promise you will not... Uh, you will be missing something if you do not watch this. And, and also go and, and purchase her book. She's an amazing, amazing woman who is just really has a story that breaks through the barrier of ideology and gets people to assess where they are and, and what their values are. She's amazing. She's amazing. So go check out Yanmi Park and watch her stories of us video. And by the way, if you have, if you're more interested and want to hear more from Yanmi, she was mm-hmm. on Will and Amla Live a few months ago. So Amla interviewed her, so you can go back and search that. She also has a couple of great interviews with Joe Rogan, speaking of the devil. That's true. And uh, Jordan Peterson. So there's a lot out there, and she's just fascinating to listen to. Yes. Now, before we get into our Super Bowl snack tier list, guys, uh, a couple of announcements here. One, I've been banned off TikTok. <laughs> yeah. So not a good announcement. We named the show. Uh, Amla got banned from TikTok again yesterday. That was the title of yesterday's show. And we didn't even acknowledge it the whole show. So sorry That's about true. that, guys, but yeah. it is true. It is true. I, I guess I didn't acknowledge it because I'm so desensitized to being banned and censored on platforms that it just didn't pass my mind during the program yesterday. But yes, they've been banned. They say permanently on TikTok, although they told me permanently the first time and then I got it back. So I've appealed it with the TikTok uh, overlords and hopefully they give me my account back because that is my largest account, 600,000 followers on that. I can't imagine what I would be doing if that was my main source of income. Uh, Luckily it is not. But yeah, I've been permanently banned, they say, on TikTok. So tweet at them and ask them what they're doing with my account, please. Uh, Ask them what happened to their initiative to elevate black voices. Yes, please. And thank you. And I will give you an update if I get my account back. I sure hope that I do. We'll bust out the black card for this. Just all the stops. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, I have other announcements for you that are good ones. It's looking like this week, uh, tonight, I'm going to be on Laura Ingram's show, The Ingram Angle, yet again, paneling at, uh, let's see, 7.05 Pacific here, uh, 10 o'clock Eastern if you are on the East Coast. And... Guys, I'm going to be on Jesse Waters on Friday on Fox News as well, uh, tentatively. And I will update you and see if anything changes there. But Friday, uh, well, tonight, Laura Ingram and the Ingram Angle. Friday, Jesse Waters, Waters World, which is so insane to me. I'm just glad you could fit us in today. Yeah, right. The schedule's getting hefty, ladies and gentlemen. You'll have to contact my secretary, who sounds an awful lot like me on the phone. (laughs) Uh, So let's get into our Super Bowl snack tier list. We made up a list. We compiled as many Super Bowl snacks as we could think of. I think we have like 27 or 26 on here. It's a lot. So you guys can fill us in the comments if we missed any. But I've created a tier list, and we're going to go through the different tiers here (laughs) because I think they're funny. So if it's God tier, top of the list, S tier snack, we're putting it in Tom Brady tier. Next below that is touchdown. Still great, but not quite Tom Brady. Then we got field goal. Still good, but not a touchdown. Then we have an interception. Pretty cool to watch. Pretty good to eat, but I'm not not too, too jazzed about it. Then we have a, a fumble. You know, it's not it's not great, but I'll eat it. And then we have unsportsmanlike conduct. 
<laughs> which is just an offense to me and everybody on the team. And you should be give, eating these snacks. I will give Amala credit. She created all of these categories herself. Yes. So I was very impressed. Can you kind of explain what the tiered thing is? Because I'm, I'm familiar. I don't know if it's like yes. a Gen Z thing. I'm familiar with like brackets and drafts and rankings and stuff. But this tier thing is like a common YouTube thing that the kids do these days, right? Yes. So you can do a tier list with any sort of thing you want. Books, movies, foods, drinks, whatever you want to put in tiers, uh, you can you can do. The higher on the tier list, obviously, the better. And if you make it to that top tier, that's just like the, the light of the Lord is shining on you. That's how great you are. Uh, if you make it to unsportsmanlike conduct in our case, or what would be considered D tier or F tier, uh, you're trash. You're garbo. Uh, and anywhere in the middle, you're all right. You're doing okay. So... We're going to tier all these different foods for you guys, starting with pizza. Pizza. Uh, pizza. And what you guys can put what tier you yeah. guys want it in. You know what? Pizza's Ooh. always great. Music gone. I'm kind of leaning, just because it's so classic, so good, I'm kind of leaning Tom Brady tier for pizza. No. Really? Not for Super Bowl. Not for Super pizza Bowl. Pizza at a Super Bowl party is kind of like, you were too lazy to do anything creative. And so okay. you just ordered, called up Papa John's, and we're like, here you guys go. You so is it a field goal? Option. Um, I would, I know, I would put it at like interception. Interception? Yeah, I don't know. What uh, do you guys think? Touchdown. I got a lot of touchdowns. Someone's got Tom Brady. Okay, I'm watching. Field I'm seeing goal. touchdown. Mariah's with me on interception. Okay. I'd say field goal because it's field like goal in because we're in between. Yeah. Okay, field goal. Next one, burgers and sliders. Burgers and sliders. That's a pretty like uh, hearty uh, option. It's not it like is. just like a finger food. It's definitely not. I mean, a slider well, a slider's kind of a snack food. Ah. Slider's a snack food. Um, I don't know. I'd much rather go for pizza than a slider. So I think I'm gonna go interception. Okay, I'm on board for that. Interception. Okay. Oh, sorry. Interception. Okay. What else we got? Uh, this is buffalo chicken dip. Ooh, I love that stuff. Okay, buffalo for me, chicken that's really high. Pretty good. Yeah. Is, is, go that's touchdown. a touchdown. Yeah. I'm very. It high. might even be Tom Brady tier, but yeah. we can we can I mean, always reconfigure at the end. Eventually. We can yeah, always reconfigure at the end. That's true. Okay. Uh, queso. Um. I'm See, at like interception. That, that's kind of like the lazy dip one. It's an know? interception yeah. for me. You could have had a more interesting dip. You know what? Queso's Actually, good. it might even be a fumble. I don't know. Like chips and sauce is a fumble. Because that's like really boring. Okay. But so we're putting queso. queso at interception. I guess. We might have to. We could bump it down later. If we, have to. We, can, we can always move it down later, guys. Uh, Chicken tenders. Chicken tenders. I love chicken tenders, but... I love chicken dinners. It's, That's all it's you have to say. It's below wings. It's totally below wings. Bl know, wing, okay, but wings are Tom Brady tier. I'm going to put that out there right now. We get there, wings See, are Tom like, Brady tier. I actually like boneless wings, so I should be advocating. Okay, so where are you putting it? Um, where are chicken goal? tenders? Field goal? I, that's what I think. In the doors? Oh, chicken tenders are field goal. Okay. Chili. Chili. I'm going to... It honestly might be a fumble. Really? Yeah, yeah, something. Uh, either, uh, chili might be a fumble. Might even be unsportsmanlike conduct. I don't it's not a it. finger food. I'm not just going to sit there and eat a bowl of chili on my Super Bowl. I think I might even be offended by it. Wow. Now, on a good family dinner night, I'll cook up some chili, you know, for, for, for you know, my, me and my people. But do I want to eat chili on the Super Bowl? No. All right. I mean, I um, like chili. I, I think it's, I think it's a classic. I think it's a classic uh, food for a Super Bowl party. So we'll split the difference. How about fumble? Fumble, I guess. Yeah. Fumble. It, I don't get like excited that there's chili, but I'm not mad. Right. But you're not gonna go for it either. When it's at the table, you're not gonna be like, oh man, the chili though. I mean, it depends on what kind of party you're at. Oh, that, okay. that might be the only option. Fair enough. <laughs> Nachos. Nachos. I love nachos. I might put nachos Tom Brady too. Although, Tom Brady? I don't know. Actually. See, the problem is nachos at a party is like if you have this big plate and they all get soggy because they've just been sitting out and it's like the cheese yeah. kind of melts the chips together. I was going to give it an interception or a fumble. Oh, wow. Okay. It's just well, not sustainable. 
And at the World Economic Forum, we're looking at it. We're looking for a sustainable Your future. Your credit score goes down if you make nachos at yeah. your party. You're not getting an ESG. You're getting a very low ESG score. Yeah. Ooh, right. What are you we thinking? Can, we can do a fumble, maybe. Fumble. I love nachos. It's, it pains me, but it's just hard to pull off. Okay. Loaded potato skins. I'm 100% Tom Brady tier on this. Wow. This that's is aggressive. Tom Brady. This huh? is Tom Brady. It's got bacon. It's got cheese. It's got chives. It's got sour cream. It's got potato. It is uh, transportable. You know, it's it's a, a great vessel for all of these ingredients. Wow. Uh, all right. I'm not quite as sale. high on it as you, but we got to put something up there. We got to put something in Tom Brady tier. Okay, so that's that's our first Tom Brady tier. Well, it, subject to change. Pigs in a blanket, unsportsmanlike Frying conduct. Like bacon. <laughs> unsportsmanlike conduct. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, who's, who's, who goes to a party like, yay? There's pigs in a blanket here. Like, no. Kevin from the office. Yeah. Well. Kevin from the office. That's just because he spilled his chili. <laughs> yeah, unsportsmanlike conduct, guys. And I don't want to hear anything different in the chat. Do Just not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars. <laughs> Straight to jail. Tacos. Uh, I like tacos. I I mess with tacos. That's another one though. Sports bowl like, goes. If they're just a sports yeah. bowl, Super Bowl goes. As far as like a sports game. Uh, um. Tacos, I would put at like I don't know, maybe a fumble. I think it's a fumble. Yeah. You fumbled the bag right there. Okay, yeah. what do we got next? Shrimp cocktail. I'm gonna be unsportsmanlike conduct. <laughs> yeah. No one, you know, maybe if you're like at a pretentious party in Boston or something with like rich people. Yeah. First. Yeah. It's just like why Yo, am I eating a shrimp cocktail? If it's not cold, if you also, I'm like, if I didn't make the seafood, I don't trust y'all. I don't trust y'all. Yeah. I don't know what y'all do behind closed doors with your with your shrimp. So I think the audience is with us on this one. There's a lot of okay. unsportsmanlike contact. Unsportsmanlike contact. Thank you. Okay. Okay, what even is this last one? Which one? I don't know what that one is at oh, the bottom. That's the meatballs. Oh, meatballs. Okay. That's unsportsmanlike too, right? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. You go. You get the meatballs a little toothpick. You're like, yeah. oh, I could do it. It's an interception, I think. Okay, we'll give it interception. It's an interception. interception. No. Fumble. I'm not putting meatballs above like chili. Fumble. So fumble. Okay, you fumble the bag. Deviled eggs. Now I mess with deviled eggs. Oh yeah. I'm honestly gonna give it my a wife touchdown. Loves them. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I'm not as high on them. You're when not as high. When they're Field done goal? right, they're pretty good. But uh, yeah, deviled eggs. Field goal? Yeah, I, I'll give you a field goal. Give me field goal. Sure. Now, if I show up and they're warm, unsportsmanlike conduct, immediately. Oh yeah, they're only good. Right, that's disgusting. For like five minutes. That's and gross. Out of the fridge. Yeah, yeah, that's so gross. Sweet tea, Tom Brady. No way. Tom Brady. I'm from the South. Sweet tea is Tom Brady tier. I don't. I don't drink tea. You don't drink tea. No. Okay, so you you can't be trusted. No, first of all, you literally can't be trusted to even answer this. Tom Brady. Touchdown. Since you sweet don't drink tea? it. Do y'all like sweet tea? I'm... Sure, I guess touchdown. I don't know. I I can't weigh in on this. My picture to picture is blocking the unsportsmanlike conduct here. Oh, by the way. Bad. Um, you want to do touchdown yeah, since you don't even drink it? No. Yeah, you can do touchdown. Okay, since you don't drink it, I would put it Tom Brady tier, y'all. But. It's fine. Gatorade. That, that's that's so random to me. What do you I, mean? I want Gatorade when I'm like drenched in sweat after playing volleyball for two hours. Gatorade is the football drink. Gatorade is like you dump it on the coach. Yeah, for the players, yeah. not for people sitting what? on their couch scratching their belly watching. Nah, you drink Gatorade, man. <laughs> if you're going to drink a non-alcoholic beverage at the Super Bowl, it's either sweet tea or Gatorade. Well, you shouldn't be drinking a non-alcoholic beverage at your Super Bowl well, party. It's a if you're an underage, I'm just kidding. <laughs> person. Yeah, can I have a Gatorade? That's fine. I give it, it a better field be goal. zero. Gatorade zero. Gatorade zero. You don't need all that sugar. If you're not, if you're gonna have Gatorade, you need to be go do, doing something active. Yeah. Don't be having all that sugar with now. I give it around. a field goal. All right. Is that you agree? Do you no, concur, doctor? No, I'd put that interception. Intercept. Okay. At most. Okay. Interception. Interception. Buffalo wings. Tom Brady tier. Tom Brady tier. Tom Brady I mean, tier. if we can like say it's also counts for boneless, sure. then we'll put it sure. Tom Brady. Even you though have wings. I cannot believe you like boneless wings better than regular wings, but I'll allow it. It's so messy. It's so much work and you barely get any meat and then there's like weird little stuff in there. It's just not. Okay. It's fair enough, but I think it's fantastic. The sandwich platter. 
unsportsmanlike conduct. <laughs> sandwich? Yeah. The sandwich platter. No one, no one's ever gone to a Super Bowl party. I'm like, yay, sandwiches. The sandwiches. <laughs> the deli platter from Publix. Yeah. Yeah, no unsportsmanlike thanks. conduct. I'm so sorry. I, I know some people enjoy a good ham and lettuce sandwich or whatever with may- mayonnaise on it. But it really is unsportsmanlike. Flag on the play. Wait, we should make a poll, Spencer, of uh, do people like boneless or regular wings? I think that's an important yeah. debate. Boneless or regular wings. And if you guys don't put regular, you're fired. <laughs> I don't employ you, but you're fired. Uh, chips and salsa. Fumble. Yeah. It's good, if but you fumbled. A, if not unsportsmanlike. If not unsportsmanlike. but it's just at least If you're hosting a Super Bowl party and the best you can come up with is a bag of you know, Doritos and some salsa. It's kind of like, let's have a little effort here. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, the only reason I don't put on sportsmanlike conduct is because, you know, I'll eat it. It is classic. You know? I know. Okay. I'll eat okay. it. I won't not okay. touch it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, chocolate chip cookies. This is the one dessert that we have up here. Oh, wow. Kind of a curveball. Touchdown. Or should I say a misdirection? Play action. Oh, wow. Those are football. Do you, know, you don't know those football I have terms. no idea. That's fine. I know what face masking is, right? Is that a thing? <laughs> face masking. Is that a thing? Well, we all know what face masking is after two years of this <laughs> pandemic. Am I right? Knee slapper. Oh, dang, That's a good. You always hit the wrong one. Yeah, that's Chocolate chip cookies, they give a field goal. Uh, Yeah, sure. Whatever. Field goal. Okay. Beer. Tom Brady's here. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady. For, for those of age, uh, it's essential. Do you want to tell them your your beer choice, Taylor? Because I dis I despise it. You despise it? I despise your beer taste because oh, I never. I mean, yeah, like no, people are gonna be like, oh, he's one of those guys. <laughs> okay, we won't tell I you. I generally then. like IPAs. <laughs> yes, Taylor likes IPAs, which I just think are so bitter and gross. I like light beers. Uh, White Claws, ladies and gentlemen, White Claws. Fumble. Fumble? Fumble. I don't know. What do you think? The interception? I don't know if it's like an LA thing, but like everywhere you go now, it's fumble. It's, yeah, uh, people, I said fumble. <laughs> it's like a, it's like an essential. Everyone yeah, it's like a balls. touchdown. Yeah. It's a touchdown, but yeah, it's, they're not that great. No, they're definitely overrated. It's right. like LaCroix with some alcohol in it. Right. So I think it's fumble. Yeah. Fumble. Why it's highly fumble. personal though, because most people would be happy with it. The fruit platter, Tom Brady tier for me. 100% Tom Brady tier, no. but up to you. Fruit is so overrated. Fruit is the most overrated food. I'm offended. I've never been offended on the show before. I'm offended. Fruit is my is the go-to. It's so good. Uh, the candy of the earth, some might say. <laughs> fruit for me is Tom Brady tier. Where are you putting it, Taylor? Uh, interception. Interception? So we're going to put it at field goal because that's right. in between. The veggie platter. Veggie, yeah. I, I like I actually like veggie. Fumble. Fumble. Yeah, I'm just, it's not that big of a win. Eat your veggies, kids. Fumble. Just not at the Super Bowl party. Just not at the Super Bowl party. Hot dogs. Um, I don't, that's not that exciting at a Super Bowl party. Right? I love a good hot dog, so I'm going to say field goal. Wow. Let's do interception. Okay. That needs some more. Oh, sorry. Interception. Boom. Uh, pizza rolls. Tosino's pizza rolls. Pizza rolls are pretty bomb. They're pretty good. I would be more They're excited not about messy. pizza rolls than pizza, to be fair. Touchdown? Uh, sure, why not? Touchdown. I mean, this is Last kind of a one. more Super Bowl party for the people. Yeah, <laughs> The Walmart Super Bowl party. Hey, uh, no shame. No shame. No shame, because that's what I've been eating my entire life. Uh, jalapeno poppers. Last one. Uh, I could live without them. I could live without them as well. I think I'm going to say interception. All right. I'm interception. Okay. Is there any last minute changes? Do we feel like any of these foods got wronged? And ladies and gentlemen, you can answer down in the comments below. I mean, potato skins are really high for you. That's Potato skins are... A fruit would be higher than potato skins, but you know, no. you you did me wrong. Wow. So, uh, fruit, I would put Tom Brady tier if I really had the final say here. What else would I change? It's 54% f- uh, for boneless and 45 for mom. Wow. Right, that doesn't matter, but it's fine. <laughs> that is ridiculous, you guys. I can't believe you like boneless wings better. 
Someone said you can put chili on everything, so we could just spread the chili all across you the whole. Can, uh, you cannot put chili on everything. And I, whoever said that, an officer will be at Jail. your house shortly to Jail. arrest you and put you in prison for the rest of your life. All right. <laughs> I think that's it. I guess this is our tier. What do you guys think? Hypercube said food is Tom Brady and Hypercube. I completely agree with you. Uh, Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think this is our our tier list. Uh, Guys, this is our... uh, Maybe I'll put this down in the comments. I'll put the link down for this tier list in the comments. If you guys want to go and complete this tier list, it is there on my account. You can complete it and you can tweet it at us and say, you know, this is how I would have ranked your Super Bowl snack foods. And that's it, guys. So on the Super Bowl, I will be drinking beer, eating hot wings and potato skins and fruit. And fruit. <laughs> That's what my Super Bowl looks like. Guys, thank you so much for watching. We are so sorry for the technical difficulties that happened at the beginning of the stream, but we're glad that you're here now and that you've watched to the end. Thank you so much. Leave a comment down below. What are the Super Bowl foods that you would have put in your Tom Brady tier? And what would you have put as unsportsmanlike conduct? Those are the two most important ones. Comment that down below. We will see you guys tomorrow at 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. And if you guys are watching Fox News tonight, I'll be on the Ingram Angle at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. So I will see you guys there as well. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you tomorrow, guys. Bye-bye.